Oh my goodness, there you are. Yeah, I didn't see you before. I couldn't hardly see you. You know what I'm saying? I'm blind in the left eye. I can't see out the right. I was like, what? Hey, good evening, everybody. Give me a little woot-woot if you're here. That's what I thought. Hey, listen, I came tonight just to talk about a couple things, and you've been on this series about winning the lost and about um, who is thy neighbor? Who is your neighbor? How many have neighbors? Anybody have neighbors? Okay, how many of your neighbors are just downright sometimes just U-G-L-Y? They ain't got no alibi. They're just playing ugly, okay? You know what I'm talking about? They're probably thinking that about you too. I'm just saying. They got little yippy dogs and little bit nappy things and stuff going on and some of their stuff's on your side and your parents are like, this is my, this is my property line. How many, is any, hello? I just want to wake you up a little bit high. I want, but but it's, the pro, <laughs> it's the property line. It's like, I own this. Like, who is my neighbor? Somebody is saying all the time, who's my neighbor? Like, wouldn't you want to be my neighbor? I was thinking about coming tonight. It was a little creepy. I was thinking about coming tonight dressed like um, Mr. Rogers, you know what I'm saying, with that sweater thing. But you see, some of this generation, you might not know Mr. Rogers. And uh, <laughs> would you be my neighbor? <laughs> so I want to talk to you tonight about the sermon is really called um, hashtag life from the book slash inside out. I want to talk about the inside out. Okay, let me just say this. Let me break this to you because you don't know me that well and I, I know uh, of you, okay? I, I'm, this is my home church. I'm not around a lot because I travel all over the country. God's blessed me to do that. I've been in ministry now 31 years, working with a lot of youth groups and stuff like that and really cool. But I want to say this to you. I'm full-blooded Italian. And how many know people that are full-blooded Italian or people that like garlic? Okay, okay, okay. So, so what I want to talk to you in a second, because I want to talk about this inside out, because there's no way that whatever is inside of you sometime or other is going to, it's going to come out, okay? I mean, it's just going to happen. Like, not maybe this disgusting stuff, but I'm talking about, like, like my, I served a pastor in Battle Creek. Anybody here in Battle Creek, Michigan? Okay, home of Kellogg's Cornflakes and all the air balloons and all that kind of fun stuff. But I was there, and my, I had a German pastor, a big old German pastor, and, and I just came out of, like, coaching and teaching, and I was a soccer coach. I was, was studying my master's in education, and God called me into the ministry. Into the ministry. I had to change my voice. Ministry. Like, if you know me, I'm like a jackrabbit on something. I go, hey, what's up? And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, how you doing? Good. What do you do? I'm in ministry. But I had a pastor had a voice like this. Randy, Randy, listen, here's, I was like, mm. So anyways, I, I remember coming to church my first week. My wife and I were just married. We, we were, she came from Long Island, New York. Anybody know anybody from New York? They're kind of sassy little people. Well, not I'm little, but my wife is little, Okay. And so you put this Pittsburgh kid with this New York girl, and you put him in a place like Battle Creek. And so I came out. My wife made spaghetti. She made the sauce. She did everything, and, and it was good. The gravy was great. If you know what spaghetti sauce is, that's called gravy. And all of a sudden, she put a lot of garlic in it, and I came to church, and he was like, mm -hmm. I was like, what's up? And he's like, woo, you reek from the inside out. And I was like, wait, first of all, who talks like that? Like, who says from the inside, I'm trying to set this timer so I can let you free at a certain amount of time. So who says that? I want to talk to you tonight about the garlic or the aroma of God needs to come out of you from the inside out. You will never be a neighbor rescuer if you don't understand who you are on the inside that has to come out. Somebody, come on. And so I want to talk to you about that. So that's why I have it. But there's, there's a song that you sang, and uh, Tiffany, is it it, Tiffany? 
Tiffany, girl, let me tell you something. Band, all of you that did worship, come on, man. If you're not spoiled every week by this worship, then you don't know how to worship. And there are worship leaders. I want to say this to you. There are worship leaders, and then there are leaders of worship. And you were led to the throne room of God, and it's here. And it's called Kingdom. And so I just want to encourage you tonight that it's this. The song, the word that was sung was dedicated. Um, we dedicate ourselves to you. The word is dedicated. Man, what are you dedicated to? Now, I know a lot of you are young adult ministry, young adults, college and career, college and career. It's not just like college, get college and career in there. Because not all of you studying to be ministers or preachers and yeah, spiritual. Some of you are going to be like my wife, works in a nurse in the hospital up in uh, DeVos, Helen DeVos Center. I'm telling you, pick you. She sees a lot of stuff, but she's a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it comes out of her, but she's dedicated. Like when I first met her, I was like, <laughs> there she come now, she welcome. Mm. I was dedicated. Come on now. I was dedicated to get to know her, okay? So I was dedicated to something. How many of you know that you're preachers? Every one of you are preachers. It's not every one of you are creatures, but you're preachers. Now watch this. It all depends on what you're preaching. Like I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I can preach Pittsburgh. Hello. I can preach what I know. See, we're all preachers. Some of y'all preach about, some of y'all preach about like, nobody knows trouble I see. <laughs> some of y'all like, like Debbie Downers. That's all you preach is, hey, how you doing? Oh, you don't know my week. How many know what I'm talking about? You're dedicated to be that. Some of you are dedicated to either the, come on, the green and white or the maize and blue. I'm just telling you straight up, that's why we have fights all the time. What are you, U of M? Spartan, you know, Spartan, 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 going, I'm just sad. It's just crazy. So you, you're dedicated to something, but what are you dedicated to to change the something? And that's what I want to talk about is, what are we dedicated to? Are we dedicated to the neighbor? And you might say, well, who's my neighbor? I'm glad you asked. We're going to talk about it. Who is my neighbor? What does that mean to rescue the neighbor, to dedicate it to Christ, win the lost, rescue the lost, rescue the neighbor? James chapter 1. You got your Bible? Turn to James. If not, we're going to throw it up on the board. I think I threw it at him. Now, I want to talk about this first, because if you're not a doer of the word, then you don't know the word. How many have ever made, how many have ever tried to make cake? Three of you, and they're almost all guys, okay. <laughs> how many of you guys ever tried to make a cake? Now guys, we're not really good with what they call directions, okay? In Italian, it's direction day. Sounds a little French, but it's not, it's not even that, I just made that up. Okay, so what happens is, we don't like to follow directions. God, come on girls, that'd be a good place to, mm-hmm, if you don't know that way till you get married, it's like, hey, turn here, honey. I ain't turn here. I'm going to Big B first. I'm taking a left. I'm going by the, out, over by the house over there, make a left over there. And before you know it, you're like seven hours late because you could not follow directions. Directions are key. Directions are vital. But we miss directions. And so the word of God is all about directions. I, I'm going to say this to you, and I want you to hear me loud and clear, and I don't want to offend nobody. If you are, and I apologize right now, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Will you quit rolling on what you think this word says and will you start getting into what it really says? Opinions are cool. They really are, 
Opinions are cool. Everybody got their opinion. Look around you. you we could make one subject right now. We'd have half of this room. We have, we're talking about opinions right now of our candidates. Y'all got opinions of that. He's such a little, she's such a, mm. you know what I'm talking about. We got opinions. But when it comes to the word of God, I don't have my opinion on this. It's not what I think it says. If I don't know what it says, then keep your mouth shut. Because it's this. This is where we're in trouble today, especially in your culture, in our culture, in your millennial, whatever. The media is trying to kill you guys because they're trying to dumb you down. Because they're always like, well, they have their opinions. That's what they think. I would rather know that I know that I know than to try to think I know and say something stupid. Because you're going to know it. You're going to be like, that one's dumb. My wife tells me all the time. Where'd you come up with that one? Hesitation 5-5. Five, five. She said, that ain't in there. I said, exactly. Because it's not in there. See, we make things up. And I want to be a doer of the word. So the Bible says it's James 1, 22. But don't just listen to the word of God. You must do what it says. Oh, this is good. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. Come on, somebody. I want to read it again because I want you to get this. You know what I'm talking about. You primp and everything. You're in that mirror. You're like, oh, like, I just went to the restroom. I washed my hands. I was in there. You know, I was all primping. I'm all like, man, I got my stuff on. They're going to be like, mm, listen. It doesn't matter. I look. Um, and I, I stepped back and I went back and I just said, is that tucked okay over there? Like, I came back because I already knew what I looked like, but I had to look again. How many know what I'm talking about? Don't lie. You go back. Yeah, you're going to be picking that girl up on that date. Look at that rearview mirror. You're going to be like, mm. and you're going to look again. You're like, and you're going to look. You're going to primp again. You're going to primp again. And then you're going to get out the car. You're going to walk across the mirror, the windows. You're going to look. Come on, don't lie to me. <laughs> we are purposed into sometimes looking back. God says, well, you quit looking back. You already know what you look like. It's kind of scary, but it's okay. I created you that way. Okay? Uh, hey. Like, people, when you get that big thing up here, don't worry about it. if it's still there. We'll tell you it's still there. Because it'd be like this. Oh, you wake up with that? You know what I'm saying? So you don't have to go back thinking, does anybody see my pimple? I put a lot of makeup on it. They see it. So quick, <laughs> get what I'm saying? See, I'm just trying to loosen some of you up because y'all like it. I'm just trying to, this is, see how much fun God's word, God says, my word can be fun, but it will release you to be a doer of the word. If you just listen to God's word, but you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. Come on, that's what I want to hear. So what's it mean to be a doer? When James states, be a doer, don't be only a hearer of the word, be a doer also. He is saying, be a doer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not a doer of what you think, not a doer of what you've been told. So I was raised in Sunday school and they told me, it, that, what does God's word say? What is this? Like, I love you and I love opinion, but does it really measure up to this? This is where our culture media has dumbed you down. Because they're like, well, the millennials don't care. They're inheritors. They're lazy. They don't care. They come up with their own opinions. And I don't think I'm looking at people, a bunch of people that are dumb. 
I'm looking at smart people that can make intelligent choices. But when it comes to biblical principle to saving the neighbor, because I'm going to read it now about what we're going to talk about. Just a warm up. Because I got to get warmed up. How many know what I'm talking about? You can't lift unless you warm up. Okay? Say <laughs> whatever, okay. Be a doer of the word. So let me give you this little story real quick. There was a young lady, uh, Stephanie, was in my youth ministry. I was, it was three and a half years, 2012 to 15 and a half. I was at Rockford Res, okay? I'm here now. I'm, I was a youth pastor then. And what the crazy thing was is I had this girl, Stephanie. I was talking about generational curses. I was talking about how that, you know, you got to break those things. And she was raised in Cedar Springs, Sparta area. And they call all these people. They do. They call them like traitor trash people. They, they, it's just, it's, it's stupid. I don't understand it. They're God's people, but yeah, they call them that. This young lady, I could go on and tell you her story, but it's bad, okay? She's a junior in high school. She raises her parents. Her parents are alcoholics. Her parents are crazy. Her, she gets her brothers and sisters up. She feeds them, feeds her parents, puts them in front of the TV. They're, they drink all day. She comes home at night, does the same thing, gets up in the morning, works from like 7, 7 o'clock at night till 10.30, comes home at McDonald's and comes home, does the whole cycle again. She goes in her bedroom and at the feet of her bed, she sees these spirits and they taunt her and they laugh at her and they cackle all night. And she's like, I don't know. I just got saved three weeks ago and they're still there. How do I get rid of them? So we're talking about generational curses. And I said, do you understand what the word of God says right now? We have the authority to to break, break that, okay? So I said to her, go home and get oil. Just get oil and take oil and dab it on. I I did say this. I remember saying dab it. I said, dab it on the doorpost, dab it on on uh, all the posts of the house, the, the and your bedpost. You just dab at oil. I didn't see her for two weeks. She was gone. I was like, mm, man, she must have been like, she must have been dabbing or she's somewhere. She ain't like that. I'm just talking about, you know, she was gone. So I couldn't figure out where she was. All of a sudden, she comes skipping in Wednesday night. This is a junior thing, a little tiny bugger too. She comes skipping. She's like, oh my goodness. Oh my God. You won't believe what happened. I'm like, huh? She said, I went home. I did what you did. I want to tell you now. I said, where you been? She said, I've been busy. I've been doing a lot of things, but I'm telling you, that night I went home, I got out the oil. I said, you did? She said, yeah, I got it out. I said, what do you mean you got it out? She said, no, I got it out. She said, I took my parents, they had a gallon of oil. <laughs> I had this little tiny spout thing. And she said, I took it. I was like, It was, she said, she said, there's oil everywhere. Like my parents for two weeks are going, hey, honey, what are all these spots on the wall? Hey, this couch is a little slimy. What is this stuff? She said, but I want to tell you, pastor, I did the word of God. I did the word you told me. I did what the Bible says here in James. Because I want to be a doer. I don't have to look back anymore of who I am because I know now I'm a child of the king. I've been bought with a price. I'm not my parents. And so now, that night I went to bed, those evil spirits are gone. You told me a scripture, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Write this down. Zephaniah, how many know what I'm talking about? Woo! I did this as a junior high camp in our junior high camp up north. Listen to me. The Bible says that he sings over me. She said, I go to bed at night and I hear God singing over me. Being doers of the word. Doers of the word. You got stuff in your life? Come on, let's grow up. People are looking at you to be doers of the word. Parable of 
The Good Samaritan, Luke chapter 10. Let's look at this real quick. And I'll let you go. I know I'm holding you hostage. I'll let you go soon. Verse 25 of Luke chapter 10. We know the story. We've read the story. We understand the story, but I'm giving you a little different perspective tonight. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. He asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Question mark right there. What is written in the law? Question mark right there. How do you read it? Question mark. I love it because God just gives it back. Jesus is smart, man. He's like, you ask me a question? I'm going to ask you a question. Jesus, how you do that? How do you think I did that? <laughs> Jesus, why'd you do that? Well, you tell me why I did that. See, he's smart. He's smart cookie, okay? Jesus ain't no dummy like, ah, I'll tell you. I'm a little intimidated by the questions. Let me tell you how. So he goes like this. It's written. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I ain't talking all this stuff. I'm talking about loving your neighbor as yourself. How do you see you? How do you see you? You've answered correctly, he replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus. How many people know people don't want to justify the sin? Well, I didn't mean to do that. I, I didn't mean to get caught. Let me tell you what happened to me. How many know what I'm talking about? And here comes an excuse, not truth, but they want to cover it up because now they're guilty. Not convicted, guilty. See, conviction is, I'm about to do it, but no, nah, I'm not going to do it. That's conviction. Guilty is, I'm about to do it, I do it, whoop, popo show up. I didn't mean to do it. You got caught. It's called guilt. Capiche? And that's what happens. But he wants to test Christ. So he says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him. They went on their way, left him half dead, 31. A priest happened to go down the same road. When he saw this man, he passed by on the other side. No risk. So to a Levite, when he came to the place where he saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he was traveling, came to where a man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and he bandaged his wound, pouring on oil and wine. He put the man on his own donkey. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denaro, which two denaro here is a wage of like a week or more to where he went in debt for this man. He gave all he had for a stranger. He gave him to the innkeeper, look after him. When I return, I love this part. Now think about this. I want you to look into this. When I return, I'll reimburse you for any expense you have. Which of the three of these do you think the neighbor of the man uh, who fell into the hands of the robbers? Question mark. And the expert said, the one who had mercy on him. There's three characters here. There's a priest, there's a Levite, and there's a Samaritan. The priest is one that exercised all the priesthood, all the preaching, all the things that were in the synagogue, sanctuary, whatever he preached at. But there's something that you have to understand in this Old Testament or this New Testament that goes back to the Old Testament. When a priest would touch somebody unclean, they were rendered unclean for seven days. So it means they couldn't preach, they couldn't teach, they couldn't do anything. They washed themselves. They, they purified. How many follow me? They had to purify themselves and purify seven days before they could actually do their duty again. So this priest doesn't want to take a risk to rescue the neighbor because he was all about the things of Jesus. God. Now, wait a minute. I want to talk to you a second. We have a lot of people that know a lot about Jesus and God, but they're more spiritual than they are reality of God. 
<laughs> Hyper faith, crazy. They, they, they think everything is this and that. They don't take it for what it's literally for. They extremism. How many know what I'm talking about? And that's why we have problems with preachers, teachers, people in authority, people sometimes that are in our lives that are so spiritual. There's an old statement that says, you're so spiritual and earthly good. So heavenly minded, no earthly good. And he didn't want to take a risk. He didn't want to rescue because he would be rendered unclean. Church, let me say this to you. You're a man and woman of God. You have to rescue the unclean. You have to rescue those that are hurting. I know we talked about that last week, but you have to rescue those that are dying. You have to rescue those that you're right next to you as a neighbor. I'll talk about that in a second. Then there's the Levite. These are the worshipers, which we had great worship. Thank you so much for bringing us to the throne room of God team. Worshippers, and they're the Levites. And this Levite was going, and he was excited because he's going to the center circle where they're going to have this big thing in him, and he's going to be able to sing a song, and everyone's going to hear him. It's prestige. And he sees this guy. It's like, man, I can't because I'll miss that if I don't do this. And so he kept going by, no risk. Comes a Samaritan, a foreigner, a stranger, not of that land, not of that region. And all of a sudden he reaches down, he takes the man, he rescues the man. And then he says, when I return, it sounds like Jesus. Because <laughs> when Christ says, if you do what I say and you follow my commands and you will rescue and you will be willing to dedicate yourself to the gospel of Jesus Christ, when I return, I will re... Does that not sound like Christ? Kingdom. See, the whole rescue is kingdom purpose, kingdom minded. We are kingdom bound. We are not of this world. Somebody said, you believe in aliens? I said, yes, I do. They said, you do? It's kind of creepy. I said, no, it's all around us. For the Bible says we are not of this planet. We're not of this world. Zombies? I don't know about that. No, I ain't about to eat nobody or scratch nobody and be like all that cannibalism. I don't do that, okay? You touch me, it'd be the last time. I'm just telling you, unless you're hugging me. You know, I'm just saying straight up. I ain't be like, hey, what's up, Chuck? It ain't going to do that. Okay? I want to embrace you with a hug. I'll bring you the kingdom. I'll talk to you about kingdom, not my kingdom, God's kingdom. See, I learned a long time ago. I'm getting old. I learned a long time ago that it's not about my purpose, my will, my kingdom. The least of these, when you've done it to the Matthew 25, when you've done it to the least of these, we are talking about it last week, when you've done it to the least of you, you've done it unto me. But when do we see you naked? When did you see me naked? Downtown Grand Rapids, you didn't say anything. You gave me no clothing. You gave me nothing to outreach. When did you see me thirsty? Thirsty. <laughs> I see you right down here. I'm getting a big B. You're sitting on the corner with a sign. Nobody giving me a drink. So who's the neighbor? The neighbor is the person that's next to you. You are to rescue the person that's near you, the person that God says. See, instead of saying, God, I'll tell you what, God, bring them to me. Like, you all that. God, will you bring them to me so I can minister to them? You know what God says? You need to go. Why don't you step out and put action to it because I will plant them in your path. So let me tell you this will happen, okay? Rescuer. We're going up 131. We're going to a place called Indian, Indian River. Anybody ever hear of Indian River up north? You're on 131. You know what I'm talking about. Woo, I love your woo, dude. Keep it up. And so we're going up 131 and my wife and I are driving up and I'm going to preach. I'm there for two days, but I'm going to do this message. Exactly. I was linking tonight. This is so parallel to that. And I'm thinking, I'm going to go up there talking about the good Samaritan. I'm going to tell him about how to rescue Jesus, all the neighbor, how to do, 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 do the priest. I'm the priest. My wife's with me. My wife's a nurse. My wife's a nurse. I'm thinking I'm the preacher. She's the nurse. She, she doesn't preach, but she can preach. 
because her life is action. She rescues babies that are dying. She rescues, man. My wife does more for God's kingdom than I do. <laughs> and I honor that. She's amazing. So we're going up, and I'm kind of going over the sermon. I said, what do you think if I do this? What do you think I do that? My dogs are with me. I have two little schnauzers. They're in the back in their little harnesses and their little tiny seat bikes, and they're in the car. Boop, 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 boop. And they're looking, trying to come up front. And it's like, stay back there, sons. You all right? Full-blooded Italian little schnauzers. Rocky Vito, Dino Luigi, they're behind me. I'm driving. I got this spirit of God. How many, is anybody tracking with me? You're ready to preach somewhere. You're ready. You got the spirit of God on you. The anointing. Oil. It's coming off of me. I'm like, people like, oh. And I'm in the car. The gospel music's playing. My one Dino's like, woo, woo, woo. I'm like, he's got it, man. Shunned it on my head and filled the Holy Ghost. He's singing up a storm. I'm preaching in the car. I said, honey, what you think? Because this is what I'm going to say tonight. Well, up in front of me about a mile and a half, all of a sudden I see this scar skid off. It was in front of us. It skids like this, and it goes down over the embankment. I'm like, mm. I said, what was that? I said, baby doll, did you see that? And she's like, um, yeah, pull over. I'm like, pull over? Well, we can't pull over because I'll be late to Indian River. I got to preach. She said, are you crazy? Pull over. Something, my wife, the nurse, something's wrong. My dogs are like, rrr, 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 rrr. I'm like, now stop it. Honey, I got to get there because I got to deliver God's word. I got to preach about the neighbor. She said, well, you better be a doer of the neighbor right now. Pull over. She grabs the wheel. I'm like, what? Pull off the side of the road. She looks, she's across. I'm like, mm. people pulling off, people pulling off. My wife's over the hill like, da, da, da. She goes over the embankment. I'm like, oh, where is she? Oh, no. Well, the car had gone over, and when it went over, it flipped, and all the way at the bottom of the hill, it's on its, it's on its hood, on the roof. Tires are spinning. It's upside down. There's five people inside that have to be at least 70 or 80 years old. I said, okay, boys. I can't lock the doors because I'll never get back in. Got to leave your car running because it's summer. Don't let your dogs roast. <laughs> Put the windows. I'm thinking of all this stuff. Should I? Should I? Should I? Should I? I got to preach. Honey, come on. Right, should I? Preacher, how sad. Put the windows down a little bit, a little bit more. Left the car running. So if somebody wanted to get in and go, we're done. I'm going to flip this car over. I'm taking off with the old people. <laughs> My wife, without even thinking, jumps in. I see half her body. I'm like, Hey! It's running. People flying over the hill. People are like, where are you going? Where are you going? We got a rescue. We got a rescue. I'm like, okay, you all go. I'm praying. Father God, my wife's halfway in the car. Her booty and legs are out. I'm like, what is she doing? She's asking people questions. You okay? Are you hurt? Is your neck? She's unbuckling seats, and I see her now starting to pull people with their head, pull them out. All of a sudden, here comes the ambulance. I'm thinking, how fast the ambulance is? 131. That's quick. I'm still on top of the hill. Hey, they're coming. She looks up the hill and says, what are you doing? Get down here. I'm like, oh. Because I had to preach. I had to get the Indian River. Talk about this story. People come to Jesus. 
She pulls one out. She pulls another. She pulls all five out. Somebody reaches in, shuts the car off. All of a sudden, ambulance comes out. I come running down and she said, you're a little bit late. I'm like, well, I had to keep an eye on the dogs. She said, pray. And I looked at this one older woman, blood all over. And I, man, I just hit the ground. I just said, oh God, I'm sorry. And I began to pray for these people. And I began to, not this Pentecostal prayer, like, oh God. It was Jesus right now. These older people need you. Nurses came down. They're listening to me praying. They're putting the neck braces on. They're pulling the people up and out. And a half an hour, 40 minutes later, Lori's like, everything okay? And they're like, who are you? And she says, you know what? It don't matter. I'm nobody. I just want to rescue people. I thought, my baby, that's why I married you. You know how many times my wife has rescued me from personal things that I think I'm all that? Now, don't look at me and judge me. I want you to hear my heart. Because we say we're Christians. We say we're believers. But we don't want to get dirty. Scott, you know what I'm talking about. We don't want to get dirty. We don't want to get in there. We don't want to go anywhere. I'm only going to hold you a couple more minutes. Listen, worship went 40-some minutes. I, I got another hour. I'm just telling you, hold on. No, I don't. Less than 10 minutes because I want to talk to you about less than 10. I'll do it because I'm just trying to give you the scenario about why we're here. You're not just here under, under the great teaching and leadership of Jake. You guys are awesome. Thank you for stepping in. We know, we know what Curtin had. We know what they did. But you know what? This is your time. This is your ministry. This is your, I want to breathe it in you because you are called for such a time as this. You are called to rescue even those that are bickering and complaining. It's not like it, it doesn't have to be like it used to be. I thank God I'm not like I used to be. And now when I see somebody hurting, another I remember my wife, but I remember if I go home and I didn't, I'm going to get it. Like, not get it. Because some of y'all perverts. Oh, is he talking about, like, you know, I'm married, it's okay. I'm talking about get it. What'd you do? It's like, well, honey, I had to. Don't tell me you didn't do the bank again or the car or the old. I'm like, no. So I'm doing the word of God. That's the neighbor. The neighbor doesn't look like you, act like you. It's the neighbor. Check this out. It's, the, it's this. It's this whole identity thing of like the neighbor is the person that is like, okay, who's the neighbor? Who's my neighbor? The one standing next to you. The one that's sick. The one that's socially awkward. The one that's bipolar. The one that's depressed, manic depressed, suicidal, the hurt, the lost, the lonely, the broken. The one on the outskirts. That's the neighbor. And you're seated by them. You're studying with them. They're in your home. They're in your school. They're your neighbors. And we're not rescued. Why? Because we're ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My friends, come on. There comes a time when if the Muslim can stand up and the Buddhist can stand up and the Jehovah Witness, we can stand up and say, listen, you can do that. You can do that. You can do that. It's okay. But as for me and my house, I serve the Lord. See, no shame in your game. That's a doer of the gospel. Band, would you come, band? That's a doer of the gospel. A doer is a rescuer. I know I preach different. I know that I'm teaching different. I'm just trying to bear my heart, bore my heart with you and show you. See, this is your church. This is your sanctuary, but this is not where you live. The Bible says inside out. What's that mean? It means I get what I can and I give out everything I have. I give it until I can't preach anymore. I preach until I can't talk anymore. Listen, as I travel the nation, I go to inner cities. Let me tell you something. You don't think people in inner city know about God. They know Jesus. 
You know how many defunct pastors I see all the way from Philadelphia to New York to Grand Rapids, all the way to Detroit, all the way to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, all the way to Delaware. I'm talking about California. There are so many people, Atlanta, Georgia. I ran into a guy in Atlanta at the Olympics in the 1995, 96. And get this one, man. This dude could quote scripture like no man's dream. And I said to him, what are you doing? He says, my life is a mess. God killed my wife with cancer. God killed my daughter in an accident. God did. I said, whoa, 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 whoa hold up, Chucky. What do you mean God? Brother, I used to be a preacher of a mega church. God messed up my life. I said, no, 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 no. You messed up your life. Sir, you know the word of God. Here's what he said to me, straight up. Sounds a little bit like what de the devil said when he was questioned about authority. He said, I cannot submit to his authority. This was a preacher, former preacher that's now on the streets of Atlanta, Georgia because he's cursing God because of a wife who died of cancer, a daughter who died in an accident. I said, my friend, let me, give me, let me have your hands. And I remember he giving me hands and he had two or three fingers cut off. So what happened? He said, it's tough out here, man. You don't give people food. You don't give people the stuff. Even though we're beggars, people hurt you. I took him by the hand and I put my hand on his head and I put it next to my forehead. He smelled so bad but in that moment wait to hear this in that moment I promise you I smelled kingdom <laughs> I this ain't even in my notes I don't even know how God just told me to tell you this I began to pray with him and God said this is what I meant by doers of the word and I began to pray and I, I, watched, I watched and listened as he began to pray with me and cry out and tears started hitting my shirt Tears. I had a t-shirt on. I could feel these tears going right down my shirt. And then he broke and put his head on my shoulder and it was saturated with his tears. And I took this big man, this big man, and I watched the peace of God come over him. We were there for five days, Centennial Park, before the bomb blew up. You guys are way too young. You probably don't even remember that. Friday before we left on that Saturday morning, I had a chance to rededicate his life to Jesus Christ because we became Christ in flesh. And we weren't ashamed to call it. That's the neighbor. Rescue the neighbor. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead, Tiffany, just start singing something. Because I want to ask you a question. It's never about looking back. It's about looking forward. It's never about moving and advancing your own kingdom. It's about moving and advancing the kingdom of God. As they're getting ready to sing a song, and as I want to challenge you, I want to just say this about the chapter of two of Mark. There were four boys that were willing to bring their best friend to Jesus. <laughs> and he was a cripple. <laughs> they didn't view him as a cripple. They didn't treat him like a cripple. They treated him like a friend. But they found out that Jesus was coming to Capernaum. They found out Jesus was coming to Capernaum and they said, listen, we're going to take you somewhere. Do you trust me? And they're like, where are you taking me? Do you trust us? And they take and they pick their paralytic friend up and they stick him on their shoulders and they bring him to this place in Capernaum where Jesus is in this house. 
You know the story if you ever read Mark chapter 2, if you don't read it. They cut a hole in the roof of the house. They lower this kid that was on a mat all crippled up. And they lower him into the, into the room where Jesus was. And bam, he's right before Christ. All crippled up, legs all bent up. And he begins to speak and hears the thoughts of the people. He hears the thoughts of the religious people. Come on now. Well, what are you doing? Why do you question me? We haven't even said a word, but I know your thoughts. Jesus says, I already know your thoughts. So even tonight, if you're like, yeah, whatever, dude, God knows your thoughts. So when do you heal your thoughts and start believing in the doing? Come on. Will you quit letting the media call you dumb and, and losers and uh, you, you're lost control, you have no minds? You're only 18 inches from a change. That'll preach by itself. You're only 18 inches from a change. You change this by this. What does my heart say? You fall in love with a woman, guys? It's your it's not just your mind, it's your heart. Women, you fall in love. Your heart is like today. Guys are like, what's wrong with you? It's, I just I, I love you. It's like, oh come on, girl. Come on, girls. This paralytic's right here. He's all crippled up. He's laying on his mat. Jesus is there. I believe Jesus. I know. He's probably on his knees. And he says, okay, what's, what's, what's greater here in this moment? To forgive this young boy of his sins or to heal him? Son, I know you haven't sinned because you're young. I know you haven't sinned against me. You don't even, you haven't done that. But I want to forgive you of all your sins. And I want you to take a go and sin no more so you're healed now of your sins. Do you expect, I accept who you are. I believe in who you are. Then you are born again. Wait a minute, you can't say that. This is a Sabbath. You can't talk. It's blasphemy. And he says, not only can I save him, but son, I'm going to tell you right now, like it is. Stand up. Just stand up. And all of a sudden, this withered kid starts to stand. And can you picture like, oh, oh, he never did that before. And now he's healed. He's saved. He's set free. The Bible says that he goes and he opens up the doors of the house. And he stands there and goes, hey, does anybody know who this man is? Because I do. And he ran in freedom. Tonight, I didn't come in to blow smoke. I didn't come in to impress anybody because I can't impress even anybody. I came to tell you this. You want to know who your neighbor is? It's that person sitting next to you. It's that person depressed and suicidal. It's the person that's bipolar. It's the person that's a manic depressant or depressed period. It's a person that says, I'm oppressed by the Spirit. The Bible says tonight you can be set free. Because guess what? You are called to rescue. You are called to rescue. And you will preach whatever you want to preach. But I'm going to tell you tonight, get out of here tonight and start preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ with authority, dedicated, dedicated to rescuing the lost. Because we are not about this kingdom, not about this room. It's about God's kingdom. And God, I'll do whatever I can to get as many people there. Because where I, you are, that's where I'm going. And I can't wait to get the kingdom. Father God, tonight I'm asking in the name of Jesus. Tonight I'm asking in the name of Jesus that there might be one that's healed. Just one that's healed. One life changed. One life transformed. One life that just understands that I must be a doer of the word to rescue the lost. A doer of the word to rescue a neighbor. The doer. God, we sang about being dedicated to. We sang about our lives committing to. So I'm asking you, God, 
I'm asking you, God, right now in this moment, before we leave this room, my question to you is, number one, are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, number one? Number two, are you saved, but you've not been winning and leading and rescuing your neighbor? Because God has commissioned us to do so. Because once I'm filled with the Spirit of God and I walk with the Holy Spirit in my life, I can change my sidewalk for Jesus Christ. One person at a time. So on the count of three, if you're not saved, you want to get saved. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to ask you to stand and come as close as you can because Brother Jake is going to walk you through that. Number one. Number two is, I've been listening to God. I love God. I love Jesus. But I have not been a doer. I've been held hostage in my own depression. I've been held hostage in my own bipolarism. I've been held hostage in my own discouragements in my family. Pastor, you don't know my life. I'm sitting here. I'm angry at God. And God says, tonight, I'll deliver you. I'll set you free so that your next step, your next step in the name of Jesus is to rescue the lost. One, you're thinking about it. Two, it's not about the person next to you in this moment. It's about you. If you want to get busy, you want to get real, you want more of Jesus, I want to be able to lay hands on the sick and they'll be made whole. I want to be in the prophesy as God calls me to prophesy. I want to teach and I want to transform. I don't want all my own thoughts. I want totally the word of God and what it says. God, give me this word and let me do your word. Doers, one, two, three. If that's you tonight, stand up and just come. Whether it's rededicating to be a doer, whether it's dedicating your life to get to know Jesus, you want to do more for kingdom, come on. Come on. Come on. It's dark enough in here. Nobody's going to know who you are. Nobody's going to see you. Nobody cares right now because we're getting our lives right with Jesus. We're coming to a place. It's not just about his ministry. It's about all of our ministry. We are going to go inside out. God inside me. Let it come out so that people will know every place I step, every place I walk, I put my feet, I claim for the God. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Every place that I set my feet, I will lead for Jesus. Come on, anybody else? Come come a little closer here. Come, anybody else? I, I, I need a breakthrough. I need, I need healing in this. I, I, I've been holding back. You know you've been doubting. You know you've been running. Is there anybody else? Come on, don't leave this place deceived. Don't leave this place doubting. Dedicate this moment. Dedicate this moment.